you for joining us today here at Victory. At Victory Church, we are a community of authentic, spirit-led Christ followers transformed to walk in victory. Join us as we begin today's message. How's everybody doing? Great. Me too. Today we're actually going to talk about walking on water. And I learned how important water was this weekend. From Friday at noon to yesterday at 3, didn't have any water. I found out real quickly how important water was. Can't brush your teeth, you can't flush your commode, you can't take a bath, you can't do anything. So that was my weekend getting, trying to find a plumber if you don't know. It's hard to get them to show up. Uh, I've been thinking about all of y'all this week. I realize I don't know all of you extremely well and I don't know everything about you. But I do know certain things about everybody here. And when I was trying to develop this message, the walking on water, Jesus today, I thought about all the trials and tribulations that I'm aware of, at least, of people in here, and certainly in my own life. Um, the trials that you go through, the problems you go through, the problems and the trials you will go through that you haven't come to yet. Um, I think about a loss of a child, the tragedy there. I think about divorce. I think about the loss of your parents, the loss of your spouse. I think about those of us that uh, perhaps that did not grow up in a home that we had parents that we could rely on, uh, that tragedy. I think about those who are cancer survivors in here. I think about my spouse who's not here today, Debbie, who has multiple sclerosis. I think about people who have went through bankruptcy and just about and maybe did lose their home. I think about the abused spouse that's never told anybody about their abusive lifestyle of their spouse. And maybe they got out of it, but maybe they're still in it. I don't know. I think about those human events that come into our life that, that touch all of us. But certainly they've touched everybody in here. I think, how is Jesus relevant today? And how is the walking on the water, what we're going to talk about, how is that relevant to you and I today? And I think as we get together here and we think about this and we look at the Word of God, I think you'll find some things in here, at least my hope would be, that you can take home with you that can remind you of how Jesus has been in the midst on that water the whole time walking towards you in your ship. And all you've had to do is just receive Him and let Him in. But even more importantly, for those events that are going to happen to you, because being a human being, unless you and I die tomorrow or in the next little while, some other things are going to happen to us. Some of us are going to lose our good health. We are. Some of us are going to have financial problems. Some of us in here are going to lose a parent. We're going to lose a child, unfortunately. The statistical odds are that one out of three of us will have cancer one day. And one out of two of us will have at least some form of heart disease. 
in that disability. So we're, the trials and tribulations are coming. They're not going away. You can't get out of them unless the Lord takes you away today. So I want us to look at the lesson today. I want us to ask God to show us what we need to know individually and what we can help other people with. So let's go to the Lord in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we welcome your Holy Spirit, your midst of us. Open our heart, open our mind. Speak to us through your word. Show us how you're relevant today. Just as relevant as you were in the event that we'll read here in a moment. Show us how you've already been that Lord that walks on the water, that has come to us and told us to not be afraid. And help us be thankful as we realize how you've always been there in the midst of the storm and how you will be there in the midst of the storms that will come in our life. And help us to be thankful thankful that you love us enough to come out on the water. Show us in your supernatural power that you're the God Almighty and that you love us so much that you'll come to us in our point of need and show us how to get to the other side. Use me, O oh Lord, as I speak. Hide me in my personality behind you, I ask, in the name above all names, the name that every knee shall bow and confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Amen. If you have your Bibles with you, if not, you can look on the screen. We're going to be in the John chapter 6. We're going to begin in John chapter 6 on verses 15 through 21. I'll also go over into Hebrews, most likely the Psalms a little while, Ephesians and Romans. But I want to read the Word of God to you here. And in this particular story, there's a parallel story in, in uh, Matthew 14 you may be more familiar with where Peter was walking out on the water and had his eyes on Jesus and he sunk when he took his eyes off. We won't even get into that today. We're going to look at this short passage and see what the Lord will show us. So the Word of God, chapter 6, verse 15 through 21, says these things. When Jesus therefore perceived that they would come and take him by force to make him a king, he departed again into a mountain himself alone. And when even he was now come, his disciples went down into the sea, and entered into a ship, and went over the sea toward Capernaum. It was now dark, and Jesus was not come to them. And the sea arose by reason of a great wind that blew. So when they had rowed about five and twenty or thirty furlongs, they see Jesus walking on the sea and drawing nigh to the ship, and they were afraid. But he said unto them, It is I. Be not afraid. Then they willingly received him 
into the ship, and immediately the ship was at the land whither they went. May God bless the reading of his word. We see today that Jesus was a man of prayer. It says in verse 15 that he departed to the mountain himself alone. We would assume he did this because just in the previous passages, he had preached and fed multitudes of people by dividing the bread and the fishes. And he was very tired, and he sent his disciples ahead of him. It doesn't say in this particular passage that he was praying, but if you look at the parallel passage, it's the very word praying. So he went to be alone and praying. I suggest to you today that Jesus is on the mountain in heaven, and he's right now, he is praying for you, and he's praying for I. He's in a constant state of intercession. He's praying for the troubles that you have. He's praying about the troubles that you will have. And he's interceding because of your sins. And he's standing in the gap as an advocate, as a lawyer for you. Jesus was a man of prayer. I believe in that day he sent his disciples away. And he was praying because he knew the storm was getting ready to happen in just a short period of time to his disciples. Today, there's storms that are going to come in your life, and right now Jesus is praying for you, that you'll know how to understand the storm, that you'll know how to apply his word and pray to him. The storms are coming. They're coming fast, and Jesus is right now praying for you that you will know how to handle that storm. Jesus, the man of prayer, was also an interceder. Let's look together at Hebrews chapter 7, verse 25. 7.25 says this, Wherefore he is able also to save them to the uttermost that come unto God by him, seeing he ever liveth to make intercession for them or for you. He's an interceder. He made intercession so that you could come to God through him and his shed blood. But he's also at this moment interceding for you with the Father. For you to have strength and power. For the things that happen in your life and the sins that you'll be tempted from. Do you remember when he told Peter that I'm praying for you because Satan wants to sift you? I assure you today that Satan wants to take your faith away, wants you to put your eyes on yourself and keep your eyes off of Jesus. He does not want you to have faith. He wants you to be afraid. He wants you to look at yourself and know that you and I cannot do it. And he's right. But if you can get your eyes on yourself or on your problems or the struggles in your life, he wants to sink your ship. He wants for you to drown. Jesus is also an intervener. Psalms 91, 14. Not only does he intercede, he intervenes in your life. Psalms 91, excuse me, 14 through 16 says this. 
because he hath set his love upon me. Therefore will I deliver him. I will set him on high because he hath known my name. He shall call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. He's an intervener in your life. And it says because he loves you. That's why. He's intervened in your life. And He will deliver you out of your problems. He will deliver you out of your struggles. He will deliver you out of your cancer. He will deliver you out of the loss of a loved one. He will deliver you out of any problem that you have because He loves you. He just says, call upon me and I will answer you. I will deliver you and I will honor you. All he's asking for us while he is an interceder is that we call upon him, that we have our trust during these troubles, during these great storms in our life, these great financial catastrophes, these health problems, the loss of loved ones. He's asking for you to call upon him because he will deliver you from all those problems. He's also a man of victory, Jesus. Verse 19 says in John, So when they had rode about five and twenty or thirty furlong, which is three or four miles, they see Jesus walking on the sea. Keep in mind that Jesus Christ was there in the beginning and He was the Word and He was the Word of God. But it also says He was in the beginning He created the heavens and the earth. He created the very sea that He is walking upon. And He's a man of victory because you can look at Him because He is the creator of the universe and He's walking to you in the midst of the storm, in the midst of your problems. And you can be assured that there will be victory in your life over these terrible events and these problems because the creator of the water that you see him walking on is coming to you. He's not going away. This victorious Jesus has a victorious moment. In 17 and 18, it says this. He entered into the sh- as they entered into the ship and went over the sea toward the Capernaum. It was now dark, and Jesus was not come to them. Darkness had come upon them in the water. When you're in the moment, when you're in despair, when it's dark, and you think your life is in jeopardy, when you've give up, And there's nowhere else to turn. You see that darkness. That darkness is intentional. Satan wants you to see the darkness. Because he is the king of the darkness. He doesn't want you to see the light. But you see Jesus coming across the water. But sometimes it takes a while. It says there, and Jesus 
was not come to them. Many times when you're in the midst of the battle, you're tired, you're wore out, you're sick of it, and you think, where's Jesus? Where is this Jesus that I've heard preached all my life? Why me? Why did this disease happen to me? Why am I sick? Why did I lose my child? Why did I lose my husband so prematurely? Why did my spouse leave me? I loved him or I loved her. Why? Why are my children on drugs? I raised them the very best I could. Why is their life in such turmoil? Why? Where are you, Lord? I'm waiting on you. Why don't you do it now? But that's not the manner that Jesus comes in. Sometimes he waits in verse 19. He comes walking on the water, comes close unto them, and they were afraid. Sometimes Jesus comes to us in a way we don't recognize, almost a way that we would have fear. He comes in a manner you least expect in many times. Can you imagine the disciples out in the Sea of Galilee in this great storm, the wind's blowing? This is really not a ship. It says ship. It's a rowboat. It's a little small boat, and there's this great storm, and his disciples are in there. We don't know. We assume all 12 of them are in there. It doesn't say. It was big enough, at least for them, but probably only that big. And they're going screaming and hollering and thinking they're going to drown. Calling out to God. Probably even remembering the Old Testament like Jonah. And all of a sudden they look and he's walking on the water. In Matthew it says they thought it was a ghost. They didn't see it. It was Jesus. So the manner that he may come to you to save you in your times and trouble may not be exactly what you think. This same Jesus that's a man of victory has a victorious message for you and I today. It's in verse 20. But he said unto them, this is Jesus speaking, it is I. Be not afraid. It is I, be not afraid. Many times you've heard Jesus saying about fear not. The message for you and I today, during our struggles in life, and our troubles, and our sickness, and our pain, is be not afraid. Because I'm in control of the ocean, I'm in control of the storm. I knew your storm was coming. Matter of fact, I knew your storm was coming from the foundation of the world. When I created you and I called you, I called you from the foundation of the world before you were even a thought in your parents' mind. I knew this event was going to happen in your life. I allowed this event to happen in your life. 
So do not be afraid because I'm the author and the finisher of your faith. I am the creator of the universe and I'm in control of everything. Even though you are afraid, I'm commanding you, be not afraid, have faith. Have faith that I will do what I've told you I will do, that I won't lose one of mine. That's the message that Jesus is saying to us today. Jesus was a man of destiny. Verse 21. Then they willingly received him into the ship, and immediately the ship was at the land whither they went. He was immediately received when they were willing. It is your destiny and Jesus' destiny for you to willingly receive him into your ship. You see, that tells me you have a choice. The disciples willingly received him. They didn't scream and holler and say, you're a ghost, stay over there. They willingly received him. The question you use today in the troubles that you're struggling through today or maybe in the future, will you really receive Jesus and his word and be not afraid as he's told you to? That's the question because he's a man of destiny and his destiny is to come to you and to save you out of the great storm, to save you from sinking and dying, to save you from your sins, if you don't know him, but also to save you from your troubles and your problems. This same Jesus assumes progress. Let's look at Ephesians 3, 20. This is a passage many of you may know. Now, Unto him that is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, of all, above all that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh within us. Jesus assumes the progress that he will make in our life. And here, that's why I look at it. He is able, while you're in the midst of the storm, while you're in the midst of the problems, while you're in the midst of the trouble, He is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask Him for and we think He's possible of doing. And it's through the power that's in us. It's, it's the power in us. It's Him through us. He's telling you, you have the power. And He'll work that power through you, and it will be so much better than you ever thought. Think of that divorce, and you thought that was it. Not that divorce is right, because Jesus said it wasn't. But you thought that was it. 
You thought that's the worst thing. It isn't. And if that had not happened, this great thing over here wouldn't have happened. And in that cancer you had, and that heart disease, and the multiple sclerosis, if that hadn't happened, this wouldn't have happened. God is in control. And if you open up your eyes, He will do exceedingly, abundantly, above what you could even come up with in my Scripture termination. More than you could ever think about. And all He's asking you is to be not afraid in the midst of the storm, even as hard as it is, as scary as it is, He's right there with you. And this is going to progress into something much better, much greater than you ever had any idea because He can take your sins that caused your own problems, the disease that you have that you caused by your own problems in many cases, not all cases, and He can take it, what is bad, and He can make it good. But you have to believe that He can do so and you've got to stand upon faith, not in your strength, but in His strength, what He says He can do, not what you can do. These disciples, they would have sunk. They would have drowned. Unless they can swim three or four miles in a great storm, it was over. But He was praying before they went. Do you not know that Jesus, when He told them to go to the other side, did you not think He knew that there was a storm getting ready? I believe that He allowed the storm. I think He was praying right then that these disciples would pass the test because they were getting ready to have a great job to do after His death, burial, and resurrection. He was praying in the, in the midst of this storm that He allowed that he knew that he told them to go on. He's going to the top of the mountain to pray. And I'm sure, it doesn't say this, but I'm sure he was praying for them, just like he's praying for you and you and you. The midst of the storm that you're in, the storm you're going through, he's praying for you. He's praying that you'll have the strength to believe his word, to believe of what he did for you. And that He has this Word for us today. He's with you. He's on your side. If God can be for us, who can be against us? This same Jesus assumes progress. Romans chapter 8, 28. You're going to know this one well. Romans 8, 28. And we now know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to His purpose. I want to stop at the last part there. Called according to to His purpose. If you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you've been called from the foundation of the world. He knew you before you were born. He knew you before you were even a thought. He knew that you would go through the storm because He's called you 
for His purpose. And each one of us have an individual purpose in life. And us as a corporate group have a purpose. And He's called us for that. But we know, the Apostle Paul here talks to the church in Rome, and we know, these are people who have experience, that all things work together. The good, the blessed, the bad. The troubles you have. The things in your life that are bad. Horrible. But the good. All of them. Together. For good to them that love God. Do you love God? Amen. To them who love God, who are called according to His purpose. He assures your progress in this battle. He assures the progress in your life. That storm that we were talking about in John 6. It said the sea arose by reason of a great wind that blew. And they had rowed about 5 and 20 or 30 furlongs. I'm not saying Jesus gave you the storm on purpose. He might have. But he certainly allowed it. And who am I to question why? The question should be, thank you, Lord. Thanksgiving in my heart for the storms in my life that I was able to see you walking on the water when I was afraid. Thank you, Lord, for dying for me because you said you loved me. If it had been no one else, you'd have died just for me. That Jesus in this story here over 2,000 years ago is the same Jesus today. The same one that's walking on water. My question to you today is, is there something for you to be thankful for about your storms? As God showed you in your heart and mind as I have spoke and did my very best to explain the Word of God to the best of my ability. He sure showed me this week. Every storm, it came to mind. The storms of my drug and alcohol abuse. The storms of my divorce. The storms of not being able to find my oldest child for a while because of it. My present wife, Debbie, and her multiple sclerosis diagnosed one month after we were married. One month. The storms of a daughter I have. The storms that I know are still coming, guys. 
unless I'm left today, I'm only 60. They're coming. I know the storms are coming. I don't know what they are. The altar call today is simple. If you need to come to the altar of thanksgiving, to thank the Lord for the storm and to coming to you on the water and to telling you, fear not, do not be afraid. And the fact that you received him into your ship. Because it says in there, immediately they were at the other side. When you received him into the ship, you were immediately at the other side. That's it. Will you receive him? And will you give him thanksgiving today? As the worship teams comes forward, that will be the altar call. An altar call of thanksgiving.